This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Is a must-listen, great podcast every week. Billy Donald Trump's right-hand man, and we are lucky enough to have him every Monday. Big one today, day before New Hampshire. Here he is, the brilliant, my friend Steve Bannon. Steve, good morning, buddy. How are you? Morning, Sid. How you doing? Doing great. I was having a conversation with my wife yesterday. We were watching something, and um, it was about the end of the Jimmy Carter reign. We all know how bad that was, but specifically the hostages in Iran. And we know, of course, that... Once Iran started to figure out that Ronald Reagan was coming, it all ended. Somebody said to me with my wife yesterday, they said, you know, do you think that if Trump is um, on his way to winning this, that some of this stuff will stop, that some of the people around the world right now that are taking advantage of a very weak White House, much like the Reagan effect on Jimmy Carter, will start to get nervous because Trump is about to take over and he's going to bomb the shizzle out of you. Do you think Trump could have that effect on Biden like Reagan did on Carter? You know, back in those days, I was a young naval officer on a destroyer in the North Arabian Sea in the Persian Gulf. My, uh, we were in the Pacific Fleet and got called over the day that they took the hostages, and we were all. My destroyer was a plane guard for an aircraft carrier and a carrier battle group. We did the workup wow. for that failed assault. Um, the uh, 100%, I think actually it may play a little differently. I think you may see more intensity of uh, of combat, understanding they want to get as territorially as much as possible, right? Control the Red Sea uh, lanes, uh, even hammer uh, Israel more. I think the Sharia supremacists, both in, uh, in Tehran and in Qatar, right, understand that when Trump comes back, it's a new sheriff in town. So I think, we, I think it's going to be much more turbulence. Uh, and uh, a lot more turbulence than you saw in the late 70s, early 1980, uh, in the run-up to President Reagan, where they actually cut the hostage deal to bring everybody home. So I I, uh, I will tell you, th- those uh, carrier battle groups in the Red Sea right now, I think, are even more exposed than they ever been done. And that's why I think the House of Representatives has to force Biden to come to the House of the War Powers Act. Before you talk about any of this money to Ukraine, if they have to come with a plan. What exactly is the plan here? from the South China Sea to Ukraine and the Middle East, because right now we're fighting on a number of different fronts, shoveling money in everywhere, putting resources. You have American kids in harm's way in, uh, in Iraq right now taking income. And the Persians are on the march everywhere, right, every one of their proxy armies. So, Sid, I would tell people, hey, I think it's going to be very different when President Trump gets there. 
but you've got uh, seven or eight months of real mm-hmm. turbulence here mm-hmm. and a kinetic war. I agree with you. I do think in the short term it's going to get worse, and to your point, a lot worse. But I'm hoping as we draw very close to that November date that maybe then they start to back off. But you're right. I think they will absolutely try to get it all in, you know, get it all in now while this feckless guy is still in office. Now, what I pride myself on, Steve, is that I'm not this overwhelmingly brilliant uh, political guy. I'm not Sean Hannity or one of these guys that have done this forever. I was a sports talk guy, regular guy, you know, and and I think I speak to the regular guy every day, and that's why I'm successful. So when you mentioned that act, the war act you just mentioned moments ago, that raised an eyebrow for me. said, hey, wait a second, maybe that's a good idea if Biden did that, but you have to assume at least that a portion of my audience has no idea what that act really is. So if you would explain it, uh, it, I think the audience will come to realize what a brilliant suggestion by you that really is. They passed years and years ago because they felt presidents were getting too, uh, basically too, too beyond the Constitution and in, in, in getting us into wars, right? That they had, they passed something called the War Powers Act, which is quite controversial in itself. But it's essentially to force the president before you make uh, commitments. In fact, before you heard the War Powers Act mentioned last week, before he actually uh, sent uh, rockets and missiles into, into uh, Yemen, to, to fight the uh, Persian Revolutionary Guard and the Persian proxy armies down there uh, called the Houthis, uh, that actually that's a violation of presidential authority, and you have to uh, you have to actually come to Congress. Uh, so it's a it's an act that makes the president go to Congress and asking for money or the commitment of troops <clears throat> to actually lay out the plan, and Congress votes on it. Remember, the House of Representatives really has the power on uh, on declaring war. The framers of the Constitution gave the House. Based upon the House of Commons, virtually most of the important powers, the power to tax, the power to spend money, the power to go to war, and they wanted that separate from the Senate and separate from the executive branch So because that was closest to the people. These congressmen come up for reelection every two years, and the people, it's the, it's the place where they wanted the heated conversations to be, just like in Commons. Not the, the Senate was more like the House of Lords. The represent, House of Representatives was more like the House of Commons. They wanted the power really to be with the people, and they want it to be in, uh, in, the, in the House of Representatives. And, and what the House has done is basically this is the disaster with Johnson last week. They refused to take the power of the purse and use it as a leverage point to yep. force Biden to the table on the yep. southern border. Yep. The House has tremendous power, and they, and they refuse to use it, the, the, both the power here about stopping Biden from getting us into another kinetic war, and also the power to cut Biden off of any funding and force him to the table and actually shut down his illegitimate regime. You know, in the next 60 seconds, uh, I want to wrap up this conversation about Biden. Then we'll get back to Trump and DeSantis and Haley. But, you know, I told you, by the way, nothing was going to happen to Lloyd Austin. I think you knew that, but that's just the way it works. Democrats break laws, break rules, and uh, we, we tell everybody about it, but nothing happens. There's no repercussions. So here his uh, secretary of defense goes missing. I mean, goes missing. And then, as you said, he doesn't get Congress's approval on the uh, retaliating at the 26 tries, by the way, by them, uh, 26 uh, attacks, I should say, against the Houthis. So you look at the last couple of weeks for Joe Biden, he's done some flat-out illegal stuff, stuff that at the very least should have him called to the carpet, and yet I hear very little about Joe Biden. Why is that? Because you have a bunch of feckless people in the House of Representatives. You don't have many Matt Gaetz that will call him out. Uh, and that's what I think. They're all very concerned. The donors all t- – this is why Nikki Haley – we'll talk about next session – is even a thing because the donor class of which you know Nikki Haley is coming to Manhattan on the 30th of January to have a huge donor 
you know, uh, uh, fundraising where she's going to raise tens of millions of dollars. It's, it's contained a fight against pre- President Trump with her globalist, uh, neoliberal, neocon policies. Uh, you don't have, you have people that the consultants tell them, oh, don't get involved here. Just let Biden do his thing. We can win. In, we can win in November. Just let go. That's the opposite of what they should be doing. They should be calling out Biden every second, forcing people like Austin and these others that are breaking the law to come before the House. That's people are thirsting for leadership right now. And the House of Representatives could do a tremendous job if they just stepped into it and did their jobs. We are down to one male and one female. That's it in terms of this Republican primary winner. We've been down to one male for months. But for some reason, these people continuing. Of course, for Haley, it's all about money. So we'll take a short break. We'll come back. We will continue the conversation with my friend, and he is brilliant, folks, Steve Bannon, Bannon's War Room. You can't miss that. A great podcast every week. More with the great Steve Bannon right after this. And these are the lips that can't help calling your name in the middle of the night. You've had an accident. Trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to DigitalDollarReport.com. Please note the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Nine oh three on your Monday morning, day before New Hampshire, and we're fortunate to get Steve Bannon on every week. I don't know how we did it, but we did it. Well, I saw him at the gala, Gavin Wax's gala, and uh, we met for the first time, and it was love at first sight for me. I don't know, I love the guy, and I am compel all of you, which you already do, I'm sure you do, to uh, check out his War Room podcast every week. He's back with us, Steve Bannon. You know, Steve, it's funny at this point, and it's not at this point because I've been very, very adamant for months, as I told you, back to East Palestine, Ohio, that Trump was going to win and that none of these people, whether it was DeSantis or Haley or Scott, certainly not that stupid Chris Christie, would pose any threat ever. And, uh, well, that turns out to be the case. I turned out to be right. You know, at this point, I basically view Nikki Haley as a Democrat. <laughs> what about that, Steve? I think you're 100% right. I think she is a moderate to center-left uh, Democrat. 
listen, we spent or wasted, I should say, $250 million in this charade, this fiasco. That money, a quarter of a billion dollars that's been used in, you know, Iowa and I think $150 million spent in Iowa. Hundred million spent elsewhere, and Haley's going to continue on if she gets, you know, if she can fog a mirror after tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, she, the donors will keep her, will keep her going. Um, it's a waste. We haven't spent a, a, all that could have been spent on voter integrity, on securing the vote, on get out the vote, on the logistics President Trump needs to take the House, the Senate, governorships, state legislatures, all of it, and to drive him to a forty-state victory. This is outrageous what the donor class has done, and they've got their perfect vessel. And, and you know, people should not lose the fact, Sid, that last week in Davos, the Davos elite essentially surrendered to MAGA and to Trump. Jamie Dimon's on CNBC with his big Davos interview saying that, hey, MAGA's not bad. We've got to quit demonizing MAGA. We've got to quit calling these people the deplorables. These are the best people in the country. This is the backbone of the country. Jamie Dimon, the chairman and CEO of, right. of J.P. Morgan and a Trump hater right. from way back. And, and when Jamie Dimon's taking the knee at Davos and all the Davos elite are sitting there saying we, we're uh, resigned to the fact that Trump is coming back. We're resigned to the fact that the MAGA movement is ascendant in the United States of America. And we're sitting here. Uh, you're covering and I'm covering today New Hampshire, the great folks in the Granite State, the live free or die state. And all we're having is Nikki Haley, who is a globalist. President Trump called her out right now, right last night at that rally. She's nothing but a globalist. We're, we're the same neoliberal, neocon policies that have been rejected, rejected by everybody. And I would have people go see Kevin Roberts, Dr. Kevin Roberts' amazing address at Davos where he got in their face. And he told them exactly what had failed. And he told the Davos guys, you're the problem. Well, they're the problem, and MAGA and Donald Trump are the solution. And here we are. We're going to waste more time and money and give CNN more opportunities and MSNBC more opportunities. Or she's going to come to Manhattan on the 30th. And Henry Kravis, all these fat cats, all these billionaires who are not taxed like they should be taxed, they're going to sit there and see her as their vessel. We're going to go to South Carolina. This charade is going to continue on just yep. to hammer President Trump and to draw, you know, put out there. Well, he's not quite as mentally sharp as he used to be. You know, he's going to end up in jail. They got to they, since they can't beat him at the ballot box, they need to try to do everything else. And Nikki Haley's a vessel for that. She That's is. And, and like you, in October of 18, before the midterm elections, yep. you know, she resigned four weeks in advance. I was in London giving a talk at Bloomberg. And the guy asked me live, what do you think? And I said, she's ambitious as Lucifer. This woman is not to be trusted. She's never to be trusted. And right now you're seeing the charade propelled on by the networks, by the New York Times, and by the big donors. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Why Steve Bannon's the best. You cannot get a better summary than that. And she's going to keep this going. Like you said, don't forget, South Carolina is a month away. I mean, you got another month of this after New Hampshire Super Tuesday it's not until March the 5th, so this can go on for another four or five weeks. But you know what's funny, Steve, is uh, when Ron DeSantis finally begged out yesterday, our guy Trump goes out there and he says the nicest things. 
DeSantis is a great guy. I love his wife, Casey. He ran a great campaign. I'm honored by his endorsement. Literally 24 hours after he blasted the guy, and that's fine. That's what Trump does. That's why he wins. But people are saying, what is he going to say about Nikki Haley when she begs out? Will he have? Will he say the same things? Will he even consider her as a VP choice? How does it end for Nikki Haley since it ended so nicely for Ron DeSantis? Well, I think DeSantis, even in his uh, his leaving, hammered Haley and said, hey, her policies are the policies that have failed. He did. It's the old Republican Party, and they failed. President Trump's just a very classy guy, as you know, Sid. That, that's why he does this. But Nikki Haley, he once again reiterated yesterday that Nikki Haley will not be his VP, right? So I think that's very important. Remember, just like the Republican establishment got Bush on the ticket in 1980 to keep control of Ronald Reagan, just like they get James Baker in there as chief of staff, do not think that the money class on Wall Street that still believes they control the Republican Party and the corporatists and those corporatist suite, the CEOs, the guys making the outrageous stock options and warrants and tens of millions of dollars off the hard labor of the working class people in this country, do not think that they sleep a second. They're not trying to do this. Remember, money never sleeps, and particularly money in politics is trying to thwart Trump and trying to thwart the MAGA movement. So we always have to be on perpetual watch. My choice? I shouldn't say that. Uh, my guess, because he could be my choice, too. I love the guy. You ready for this, Steve? Is, although I know Elise Stefanik is right there, I think Lee Zeldin gets it. I think Lee Zeldin would actually be competitive if he'd done one thing. We cannot forget, Sid, Lee Zeldin kept Trump out of that campaign. He would have been governor of New York if he'd included, if he'd, he didn't run MAGA. He never invited Trump in. I was making a big deal this time. If Lee Zeldin had had Trump campaign with him, well, well, let me let me just say this. Maybe you're right in terms of the big picture, but I know that I ended up somehow, Steve Bannon, in Deal, New Jersey, late on an August Sunday afternoon where there was a Lee Zeldin campaign, and who showed up live to speak? Donald Trump. 100%, but I'm saying embracing Trump and embracing MAGA. Right. Lee Zeldin kept it at arm's length. It, he listen, did. If he Lee did. Zeldin, and Lee Zeldin's a great guy, don't get me wrong, he's a great guy. If he had embraced Trump, from the beginning, Lee Zeldin would have been what he should be right now, which is the governor of New York. And think about if Lee Zeldin had been the governor of New York, all the disasters we would have avoided. So I think that's going to be definitely in the weight and measured in that. But I would like to see Lee Zeldin as Secretary of Defense or, or you know, head of the CIA or DNI or something. I think Lee Zeldin's got a lot to contribute to his country. Oh, I love that. As, yes, as a vet, that would be great. So in the final 30 seconds, Steve Bannon, and no one knows this stuff better than you, nobody. Give me your prediction in terms of numbers tomorrow in New Hampshire, Trump versus Haley. I think right now my feeling will be 15 points or beyond. I'm looking for turnout. Uh, President Trump has done a great job. Uh, here's the issue. She's going to have money. So she's not going to go away. But I think President Trump, look, it's going to be a huge uh, defeat uh, for her. And there's no, she's going to get beaten in South Carolina worse. So, But it's not about that. It's about the money they'll keep up there to try to make sure that they – inculcate themselves, insert themselves into President Trump's second term. That's what you got to be on watch for. What they're going to try to do is stay close enough to make sure they feel they have a, a role in this, and that's what we got we got to thwart. The neocon neoliberals have no role in the second Trump term. This is President Trump going to take the administration of the state down, going to get national security back on America first footing, and going to shut down the border and deport 8 to 10 million illegal alien invaders that came in on Biden's watch. That's 
what's in front of him, and, and, and at the same time take care of this amazing financial mess that the Congress with the, the Biden regime has created. So he's going to have his work cut out for him. But I think President Trump by 15-plus tomorrow night. Steve Bannon, you're just a tremendous guest. I don't know what else to say. You're amazing every Monday, and that's why your War Room podcast is as popular as it is, and that's why Trump relies on you as much as anybody. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Great appearance. We'll do it again next week, pal. Sid, thank you so much. Love the show. Bye. I love you, too. Steve Bannon. Man, he's great. Steve Bannon. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.